Today on Wine Access Unfiltered. Well, I have to say, when I did Broadway, I had a shelf that went all the way around my room and I filled it with champagne. (laughs) And of course, when we had the day off the next day, the entire cast and the band, everybody knew to go to Christie's dressing room (laughs) and, and we'd have a party. Welcome to the Wine Access Unfiltered podcast for our final episode of the first season. It's been an unforgettable year and we've learned so much and had great conversations with those who also have an interest and passion for the juice. And I have to say, Vanessa, I'm a little jealous. Do you know why? Well, is it because my friend Christy Brinkley is coming on the show? (laughs) I mean, that's just a wild guess. But it could be something totally different. <laughs> it's it's a good guess. No, it's a good guess. Yes, I'm jealous that you're friends with Christy Brinkley already. I had such a great time researching her because I I honestly had no idea how much she has done. It's kind of incredible. You know, we we all think we know her because she's sort of like she's the girl next door. You know, she's everywhere. She's a supermodel, but. Yeah, she's got this like wealth of knowledge of studying art and speaking French and um, being on Broadway. And now she's a vintner and it's it's really astounding. But I have to say, like, you'll see you're going to leave being besties with her. Like, she's so kind and generous and open and exactly one of those people that you see them as a celebrity and you meet them and they're exactly the person that you hope that they are. Yeah. Yes. And then I, I also have to imagine that like, She's the kind of person you meet and you're like, and that's why you're a celebrity because everyone falls in love with you immediately because you you just have that that it factor. And she has always had that it factor for me. So I'm I'm really excited because she's been on Broadway. I mean, obviously we know her as Sports Illustrated swimsuit cover model. She's also a human and human rights activist and animal rights activist. She speaks French. She studied art. She is an entrepreneur. She has a Prosecco label called Bellissima. I mean she could have just like called it quits after any one of those things. And yet she just does it all. So I'm, I'm excited. I feel like we had to go the French route with her because I imagine having studied art in Paris at such a young age and having gone to a French high school that she probably has an affinity for French wine. So I went classic, but also semi-esoteric in the region that we chose. I love it because um, I think, I don't know that we've had two wines from the same region that we've chosen for someone before. Oh, you may be right. You may be right. Yeah, yeah. So I, but I think these are two standard bearers for their categories. They're delicious. I am fully going to enjoy these. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we did not stray far from our running theme, which is we drink selfishly. So that is true. So um, she also makes rosé prosecco. This is this is the white version uh, uh, prosecco brut. So really delicious. I think the bottles are gorgeous. I think it's fascinating to hear kind of how you know she fell in love with wine, and we have the prosecco, the DOC. Um, brute. Um, and I, I do have to say, I'm excited to try the Prosecco. So I'm curious to taste this and having listened to you speak about it and listened to Christy speak about it, I think it should be really interesting. And I'm also curious to hear her thoughts on the two wines that we've selected for her. I already know this is going to be great. <laughs> so without any further ado, let's drink. All right. Everybody has wine and some level of energy, but I think Christy is outdoing all of us combined. (laughs) She's running circles around us already. (laughs) 
good. Well, Christy Brinkley, it is such an honor to have you here. And I can't believe how much we already have in common. It's amazing. Oh, do tell. Wine, <laughs> musical theater, a love of French wines, oh. a love of bubbles. I mean, just the perfect amount of everything that one would need to strike up a friendship, I think. <laughs> right. Um, were you in theater or like? I was in theater and Vanessa was as well. I'm sure she failed to mention that at your mm-hmm. encounters previous to today because you, you're all already friends. But yes, I had a career on stage before wine, as did Vanessa and as did you. Well, I'm in awe. I'm in awe. <laughs> I got to dabble in there and do my do my little bit, but I saw like the real, you know, actors, actresses, dancers, singers on stage. And I'm just in awe of the energy that they give out every night. I love it. Well, I would say if you you starred in a Broadway show, so we're in <laughs> awe of you. <laughs> And before we even started recording, you were regaling us with a little Hello Dolly. So I suspect you brought the energy as well. (laughs) I certainly did have a good time. I think it was so far the highlight of my career. I was just saying to a friend of mine a couple days ago, I still really can't quite believe that that was me, (laughs) Roxy Hart, up there on that stage, that, that I got to do that and have the razzle-dazzles floating around me, the dancers all moving along. And I just, the sing with an orchestra, it's just- It's the best. Unbelievable to think. Sometimes I feel like that I dreamt it, you know? (laughs) Yes, it's the best. It really, really is. I don't think there's a bigger honor than to be able to have the opportunity to- make people laugh or give Mm. them a great night out. It's just amazing. Were there any moments where you thought, oh my gosh, like, what am I doing here? Uh, Or did you just kind of have it in you and, and, and know you could do it all along? I think I was more astounded by the fact that I was so ready and eager to do it and that I didn't have a terrible stage fright moment that I, that that didn't happen because I could get myself worked up before like giving a speech, you know, I wouldn't sleep the night before and I'd feel, but I think it has all to do with that preparation, you know, yeah. when you mm-hmm. get to work with the pros, you know, I, doing Chicago, the musical is amazing because they do have people come in, they know how to train you. Um, I would work really long hours, like, like, really long hours from early morning to late at night. And even when I get into bed, I'd be like five, six, seven, eight, moving my feet (laughs) under the cover, you know, having them move to the dance steps so that I knew that even if I, my brain froze, my body would just go into rote, you know, and just do it anyway. Yeah. So... I, I think, too, there's a comfort in the preparation for sure, but in playing a character, mm-hmm. I think it's sometimes different if you have to stand up as yourself and give a speech. But if you're kind of you have this, you know, other presence that you've layered over yourself, it can give you a bravery that we don't always have in our own bodies. You're absolutely right. It's so true. And also to have the gift of that material. Yes. You, you don't have to think about what to say. They've come up with the perfect words for you, the perfect songs and 
dance steps and, you know, they've worked it all out. You just need to get into character and hand it over, you know, and just deliver it and live it for a moment. I'm sad that I didn't get to see you as Roxy Hart, but I can fully imagine it. And I I have to say, we, you know, we've had so much fun talking to people from all different walks of life, different professions, but I think yours has been the most interesting to research because I, of course, knew you as a very famous model, but I had no idea how prolific your career has been and <sighs> learning not only about Roxy Hart uh, on Broadway and then performing it at a national tour and then in London, learning that you you went to the French school in Los Angeles and then you spent uh, a year in Paris in art school. I mean, this is the reason we chose French wines because even hearing you before we jumped on this recording, <laughs> pronouncing these wines. You're clearly very, very fluent in French. So I, I just had no idea. So I'd love to, one, raise a glass and get some wine in you. Let's do it. We do have two very delicious wines that hopefully, if you haven't had, they will become new favorites for, of yours because they are for me. All right. So the first is the Domaine Tempier. I'll let you say it. This is the Domaine Tempier. Would you like to pronounce it for us? Oh, yes. We have the... Domaine Tempier Bandal Appellation Bandal. Well, now I need my glasses for this final print. <laughs> 2020. I think you nailed it already. Exactly. All the important points. Ah, mise en bouteille au domaine. Okay. Au domaine. Okay. So it's put in the bottle in the house. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> By the, the Peinot family. Raise a glass. We have some rosé. Hopefully you're a fan of rosé. I love rosé. I have to imagine, right? And a toast à votre santé. <laughs> because nothing's more important, especially today. Exactly. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. This is one of my favorites. This is, and I think for anyone oh. who loves rosé, any producer wow. that is making rosé, this is the benchmark when it comes to still rosé. Everyone wants to make Domaine Tempier. This is one of the more expensive rosés out there, but wow. I'd be lying if I said, I if I see it on a menu or if I see it in a store, I'm buying it immediately. This is my favorite. I, I agree. Oh, 100%. It almost drinks a little bit like a red wine in a way. It has so much body. I knew you were going to say that. <gasps> and power to it. Um, and, and this is actually rosé that can age. Yes. I agree. There's so much action happening. It's still unfolding and exploding in my mouth. And the, the first thing that happens is there's a, um, a flavor. I call it like a, you know, when you get like a, a Crème brûlée, and there's a little bit of that burnt sugar on the top. Mm -hmm. I feel like I can taste like a little burnt caramel sensation after I taste the. Totally. I taste that sip, and then suddenly, right down the middle of the tongue, there's like a little, yeah. mm, this little burnt flavor. And then it just keeps, this flavor just keeps giving. It is wonderful. I can see why you love it. <laughs> You're right, though. You're so right. It sort of toes the line between something sweet and something like hedonistic and savory and burnt. And just in that like little middle ground, like that's where the magic lives. Yes. Yes. Mm. So I'm I'm curious, Christy, because from the first time I met you, obviously you, you are a vintner now with Bellissima, but you, you're so comfortable with like, using descriptors and pulling things out of, you know, other elements like floral or food or things to describe wine. And I, I, 
find that sometimes, you know, that's, that's a hard thing for people to do, but it's so natural. Was that something that you always had, or is that something that you learned over time as a vintner? Not really. I think it's just, um, I've tasted a lot of wine in my life (laughs) and I know right away (laughs) if I like something or not. And I find that when I do really like something, that there are certain things that appeal to me. This is similar to the olden days of Chardonnay when Chardonnay was a little bit more um, casky and woody and and oaky. Mm-hmm. And it used to do that same kind of thing where you take a sip and there's the initial sip and then suddenly there's a secondary round of something going on there. And, and this has that same... Feeling. So I think I, I tend to find a similar thing that I enjoy mm-hmm. in the wines that I really love. Like, I'm definitely looking for this one. Good. And okay. this has got to be part of my cellar for sure. <laughs> good. Oh, good. I'm glad we have another convert. Although I have to say, I, I'm i always a little, because there's so little of it produced and so little of it that makes it to the U.S., I try to ration who I tell people about uh. <laughs> So you're in the inner the inner circle now. Yeah, exactly. Well, every time every time we say the name on this podcast, somebody make a noise on top of it so that bleep it out. We'll never know what we're uh, drinking. This domain band. I love it. So when you were studying in in Paris, were you already enjoying wine at that point in your life? And if so, what what wines were you drinking? Oh, oui, mais oui, bien sûr. (laughs) I I was enjoying um, really what I could afford. It was, I was a, a struggling artist. My uh, fiancé, of course, I immediately got engaged. I <laughs> fell in love with a Frenchman. And, um, Good for you. And he knew all the wines, you know. So, um, uh, but we had, we, we would have a lot of Sancerre. Mm. Um, it, like, and today I would think that that's too sour, you know. But when you're young, I tended to go for white wines I know that I used to think I was allergic to red wines and um, because occasionally I would get like a little hive, Mm. but I did tend to stick with um, a lot of white wines and um, uh, a lot of just table wines, you know, the whatever Mm -hmm. they were pouring. I don't know. I just have always uh, enjoyed a nice French wine. Yeah. Merceau. Mm. Speaking in our language now. Yeah. I know. She said Merce- <laughs> She said the magic word. Yeah. Was that where you got discovered? Is that right? When you were in Paris as a student? Yes. Yes. I um I went to Paris. I thought I would just knock on the door of the Beaux-Arts and go in and start studying. Naturally. <laughs> I ended up um studying art at a place called La Grande Chaumière. And they have the models are in the middle of the room. Mm-hmm. And then famous artists will critique over your shoulder and come around and give you guidance and stuff. And a lot of the famous artists back in the day of the, the great salons in Paris, the writers and the painters and everything from Henry Miller and all of, you know, wow. people were going to Le Grand Chaumière and painting there. But at any rate, I was um, I was doing that, and I had a little bought a little puppy to keep me company because <laughs> my boyfriend got drafted into the French military, and I was working 
uh, as an illustrator, uh, uh, doing, you know, the little drawings that they sell in Montmartre? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I was part of like a, a line of people working on each canvas. And one day my, my little puppy got sick and I kept going to the telephoning office because I lived in a little chambre de bonne, a maid's room under the, at the top of the building. And I went to the telephoning office every day to try to call, what can I do about my dog? And I had been in there and this photographer saw me. So he was just waiting for me to come back, make another phone call. And he said, oh, hey, I'm a, a photographer here and um, I'm looking for a girl like you, and here's my address, and will you come back to my studio and do some pictures with me for my client? And I was like, all right, I, I may be naive, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> so um, give me your name and number, and, uh, and you know, I'll think about it. And I was like, oh, what a, what a line. Like, right. I could have been kidnapped or something. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, a couple weeks later, I've got the piece of paper in my pocket, and I told it to a friend, and she said, that's a real photographer. I'll go with you. So she went with me, and he took me to the model agency, and I immediately got into the agency, and it started. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'd say the rest is history, except that, you know— from your modeling career to now, you <laughs> you did you've done an awful lot, including starting your own prosecco, which we have here. In addition, so we've got the the Tombier Rosé, which is delicious, and then we also have Bellissima, um, which has this gorgeous uh, etching on the front of the bottle, which I'm sure you had something to do with being an artist. Um, tell me how we got to this moment with you having your own Prosecco. Uh, okay. I just want to say this one that you just lifted up is Vanessa's favorite. Oh. It is. Yes. The Prosecco Brut. The Brut yes. DOC. Mm -hmm. And that just won the award. Uh, it just won the gold medal at the, um, the USA Wine Ratings. Gold uh, medal. Congratulations. Congratulations. I didn't realize. Oh, well, well, now we have to toast with it. Cheers to that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. That's amazing. Wow. That is, that's truly amazing. I feel like Katie Ledecky. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fascinating. And my skincare also got an award this week too. So it's like, woohoo. It's a big week in the Brinkley house. Cheers. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm feeling like such an underachiever right now. I don't know about you. <laughs> I knew that was going to be the case coming into this podcast. Luckily, we have a lot of wine. Um, <laughs> I have to, I have to say, Chrissy. You know, prosecco has not always been top of my list in terms of things that I want to drink. Though I do love bubbles, but I what I love about this is that you've taken prosecco to the next level and made it a real wine drinker's wine. This is a prosecco that has. Yeah nuance and character and flavor and structure. And it, you know, it's not the Proseccos that we think of when we think of what we're bringing to brunch and adding, you know, a bunch of orange yes. juice to it. This is really delicious on its own. And I actually, I have it in my, like my mini version of it. It's not quite a champagne flute, but it's just enough to highlight the aromatics of this wine, which are just so lovely and sun-kissed to remind me of like, you know, squeeze of lemonade on a sun-kissed day yeah. in the Mediterranean, a little salt water going on. I mean, yes. it's all the things. I'm loving that description. I'm ready to jump in the water. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time I ever tasted Prosecco, I was at a 
one of those big garden parties in the Hamptons, and somebody said, oh, let's get a Prosecco. And I said, oh, I love that name, Prosecco. Mm -hmm. It's just fun to say. And then they handed me the glass, and I was like, oh, 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 this tastes (laughs) like cough syrup. It was so, like, oh, it was like thick and syrupy and so sugary. And and I thought, did they need to add water to this or something? <laughs> it really was very different. And and I didn't have it again for a very long time because it just was not my cup of tea. Yeah. And when Rich and Ro, my partners, brought me this Prosecco, um, they, they came to me because my Prosecco is organic and it's uh, certified vegan. And they wanted somebody that, you know, spoke to the organic lifestyle. Mm. And when I when I first tasted, they brought me a whole bunch of expressions to try. And I was so delighted with the fact that it didn't taste anything like the Prosecco I recall. Right. You know? Yeah. And it really is next level Prosecco. All of our expressions are lower in the sugar content. And then of course we have our two zero sugar, zero carb Proseccos, which are really unbelievable. But all of them, I think, have great flavor and um, great value as well. And when you were modeling or on Broadway, was were you still enjoying wine then? Or was that something you had to kind of swear off of to, to stay in top shape? Well, I have to say, when I did Broadway, I had a shelf that went all the way around my room and I filled it with champagne, and I had, and my assistant would go out like during the intermission and get um, tons of ice, and we would have fill up ice buckets and have the champagne chilling, and then I always had whoever came to see me in the show, um, if they let me know that they were coming, I would give them the code to get backstage afterwards, and so every night after the show. We would pop the corks. People would come in my dressing room. Wow. And I couldn't really do more than take a sip because I, you know, I was on a really tight schedule because, you know, eight shows a week and there's no room for any, you know, any kind of hangover or anything like that. (laughs) God forbid. Um, But I would have a little sip just to be able to do a toast and, and, be a part of the fun, but definitely the corks would fly. (laughs) And of course, when we had the day off the next day, the entire cast and the band, everybody knew to go to Christy's dressing room (laughs) and and we'd have a party. Wow. (laughs) That sounds a lot better than some of the, um, some of the theater experiences that I've had, which definitely did not involve someone getting an ice bucket for me at intermission for champagne later. That sounds amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That reminds me, you know what? For opening night at Chicago, we have to send them cases, right? And then on their first night off, they can all, you know, because they're going to be back on Broadway again soon. Uh, I've been watching all the rehearsal footage on uh, God Bless TikTok. We can see everything on TikTok. Like Waitress, the musical, is coming back and Sarah Bareilles is going to be in it. Okay. So they posted a video of the first rehearsal of them coming back. It's just, it gives you goosebumps when you watch it because it's, it's, you know, I mean, you know how it is to be in that room. Yeah. In those first moments when the chorus comes together and every, it's so wonderful. Oh my gosh. Yeah. 
Yes. I love her voice and I yeah, love me her. Me too. Um, my daughter had the honor and privilege of being in a video that just came out yesterday. <gasps> Get out of here. It is all about New York energy coming back to life. It's Alexa's dad's song, New York State of Mind. Sure. But it's all the people from Broadway, you know, also Adina Menzel. Yeah. Is there and uh, Cautious Clay and Brian Stokes Mitchell? Sure, yeah. You got to see it. Oh, I can't! I can't wait to watch. I'm so excited. Definitely something to to raise a glass to. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, speaking of which, we do have a red. Oh, we do. You don't have to if you don't want to, but we tend to overdo it on the show. Um, in my mind, when you were in Paris, you were definitely enjoying the greats that France had to offer. And I thought it would be fun since we really haven't had any wines from Bandol oh my God. Uh, in the south of France to do sort of a side-by-side of the rosé and then of this uh, Bandol red, which is uh, Gros Noré. You said it's much nicer than I did. But these are both, you know, classic examples of this region. So aromatic, oh. so layered yeah. with that mm. that lavender that just kind of like Ugh. you know flows in the hillsides of the bouquet is that bouquet de garni outrageous i mean it just yes. the yeah. bouquet alone makes my mouth water i kind of want to just like like dab it behind my ears a little bit <laughs> yes. yes i'm not i this is like this this is the best smelling bouquet i think amanda you're like the Ugh. lavender that you mentioned it's got this kind of like anise black licorice coffee blackberry mm-hmm. crushed rock just sort of garig it's like oh. i could just Ah, oh, I could get lost in this, just in the nose of this wine. Wow. And if you ever eat in that region, if you, go, I mean, everything is sort of done very rustic, right? You know, whether it's vegetables or or whatever you're having, everything is done over fire mm-hmm. with the, with the bouquet degree. I mean, it's all like, and it all sort of smells and tastes like this. And to me, this is the region that really embodies that what grows together goes together mentality of pairing wines that just seem to fit with the region. I mean, these, this was the place that really changed things for me in terms of smelling wines and tasting foods and having it all come together in this way. And I just love oh, these two wines so much. I love this wine. Yes. It's a so smooth and creamy in its texture. It's like, oh. But it has this little, you know, it's sort of deceiving, right? Because on the nose, it's it smells very ripe and pronounced and aromatic. But there is this savory, to your point, Vanessa, coffee yeah. grind, licorice, something very, very dark that, you know, it's very, it's a dry wine. There's no residual sugar. Mm-hmm. It, it's almost like a, like a Barolo that warms you, you know, that like has that like, yeah, yes. that it's. Yeah. Oh. And it's it's sophisticated, but like a little wild too. <laughs> yes. Totally. Yes. It's like smooth, smooth, warm, smooth, but ooh, this little, <laughs> little surprise. exclamation point at the end of all that. You looked like, a little more Velma than Roxy there, Christy. <laughs> but I, Christy, I, I see you also have a, a, a I think it's a Rosé Prosecco open with this great little topper that you introduced me to, which I had never seen before. So yes. <laughs> tell us about that. Well, <laughs> I this this is um the zero sugar sparkling rose. And I love this because I gained a few pounds in quarantine. And, <laughs> and so if I want to take part in the celebration going on around me, because I have three kids still at home, it's summertime, with their friends and their, you know, 
it's always full of people. There's always lots of celebrating. And so I can have my zero sugar, zero carb, all the buzz, all the fun, <laughs> you know, and without the guilt. And I love it. And it's so pretty. And the small size bottle is, you know, great because sometimes you do find yourself, even in this house, uh, sometimes you don't want to open a big bottle because everybody else has run out. They're mm -hmm. gone. You want to open up a smaller one. You don't want to lose the bubbles and all of that. And this golden sipper on top is so brilliant because if you're having a party and you don't want to break all of your great glasses that seem to topple That's right. like so easily, you know, and no matter how often you ask people not to put them in the sink, doesn't everybody put them in the sink? Always. And they're goners. <laughs> they do. They think they're being helpful. They're just boom, gone. So you have the sippers. Now you don't need the glasses anymore. <laughs> and um, and this keeps it from like, you know, just being an explosion of bubbles in your mouth. It doses <laughs> it out so you can take a a ladylike sip. I love it. And I love it. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to pop it in this bandol next. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, these two are so, so lovely. Oh, they I'm so glad good. you enjoyed good. them. I'm so glad that you like them because they, <laughs> they really, they are two of my favorites imported by the great Kermit Lynch, <laughs> sold by the wonderful Wine Access. And uh, Christy, any plans to be back on Broadway or, you know, I'm sure you've got a few things up your sleeve. It doesn't seem like you're one who enjoys the, the resting phase too much. Yes, I uh, actually, I'm going to be on the boards this weekend. Um, in a play called Celebrity Autobiography. Ooh. Oh my gosh. I've done it before and it is so much fun. Um, Matthew Broderick, uh, Susan Lucci, uh, Ralph Macchio, and many more round out the cast. Wow. And it is such a fun, fun night. And it's outdoors. So you're under the stars and the beautiful sky, sitting, you know, outside and enjoying a wonderful evening of laughter. And my bellissima will be served. Uh, so you can, I mean, it just sounds like a perfect summer night to enjoy a little bambino sitting outside, watching us like, all we want to do is make you laugh. So that is our intention for the evening. Perfect. And hopefully, hopefully <laughs> we achieve our goals and, and everybody has a beautiful evening. Well, I'm sure between you and the rest of the cast and then all of the Bellissima, <laughs> yes. I think everyone's in for quite an evening. Yeah. Plus, I, I, you just, you you bring the laugh with you, though. You bring the the fun and the sparkle. <laughs> and I, I, I love that about you. And and I, I remember from when we first met, you're you know, your sort of life philosophy of like enjoying the moment and living in the moment. And I really, I really have such admiration for that. Yeah. Well, you, in your, your speech and in your descriptions that night, we, we did a, um, uh, a party in Montauk and Vanessa was describing the wines and it was so much about being in the moment. Mm -hmm. Like in all your descriptions, it really is the key, I think, you know, even to enjoying a great glass of wine, don't just gulp it down, like live it. Like think Vanessa gives it history and provenance and, 
<laughs> the the story behind it is so interesting too, and it's it's great. Like you know, um, to think about all of that as you're enjoying it. Yeah, it adds to the you know to the whole experience. Yes. Because it ties us to so many things, like, historically, but it's all about that moment, right? That moment of enjoyment, who you're sharing it with, and yes. what you're feeling, and, and then and then carry it on through your memories. And it brings you closer to, like, the friends around you, to the region that you're, you know, learning about as you sip, yeah. to the people of that region, to the people you're sharing it with and toasting with. It's just a whole beautiful thing. You know, and um, your descriptions emphasize all of that. So I really oh. love that. I really enjoyed that about it. Well, thank you. It was, a, it was a great evening. And I'm glad that that evening led us to get to know each other better and then have the opportunity to have this this discussion. <laughs> and then I got to introduce you to my friend, Amanda. <laughs> yes. Lucky me. And I have to add, too, that this is also just a great way to live, a great philosophy of life. Yes living in the moment thing. You know, you can fill your glass with water. I invented a thing and it really does work. <laughs> yeah. I have, I've told people for like 30 years now, if you're toasting with water, hold your finger over the top of the glass to hold the good luck in and not ruin it. Because a lot of people go, I can't toast with you because I don't drink wine. It's like nonsense. You can toast with us. Just hold your finger over the top. So <sighs> spread the word. So that right. we're inclusive of everybody. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> that way everybody gets to join in. <laughs> exactly. Do you get extra okay. luck if you have wine and you hold your finger? I I don't know. Maybe that's not fair. We need to... <laughs> All right. I mean, we're already lucky to be drinking this. I'll tell you that much. It's true. And to spend this time together. Got like yeah. three... My three glasses going right here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh. All right. <laughs> well, you've got a, a big rest of the day ahead of you with all of this wine, and I'm sure all of the things that you're plotting and planning for what's coming ahead. But I can't thank you enough for sitting down and opening some wine with us, for sharing Bellissima and the Bambinos with us. Oh, this was so much fun. I can't wait till I get to do it in person. Vanessa, I'm so jealous that you already got to experience it. But I can't think of a better a better wine for you to have become involved with than sparkling. Truly. It just— it suits you, Christy. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. <laughs> it's been really fun. I really enjoyed this. I love the whole, I love everything about it. You know, it's just, <laughs> it, it, it's so great. I, I think of my Bellissima as the exclamation point on the end of a happy occasion, you know? Well, cheers to that. <laughs> I just love being a part of people's celebrations, so. Thank you. And this was really fun today, so yes. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, I know why people love her. I get it. Yeah. She's <laughs> just is the girl. Like, she is yeah. the girl that you want to be friends with. She is so beautiful inside and out. I wasn't kidding when I said sparkling was the perfect wine for her to make. I mean, she was so magnanimous and wonderful and sweet. And no, she just sort of exudes a light, you know? Um, and, and yeah, a, yeah. And just a, like a joy about everything she does. So I was already having a good day, but like now I'm leaving this having a great day. <laughs> I know. I feel like I want to like skip in the fields and collect butterflies or something. <laughs> exactly. But also I need to go, you know, like challenge myself because she's just unstoppable. She doesn't ever stop <sighs> creating, recreating, finding new ways to 
engage with people and just, you know, stay interesting. So yeah. Yeah. What are we doing with our lives? <laughs> I know MW has been on Broadway. Get your, get your stuff together. What's going on? <laughs> right back at you. My goodness. Yeah. But, but seriously, she's an inspiration. Um, so this is, this is such fun. Yeah. And, and what wines we had today. I mean, last drops, we've got a few, we've got a few last drops today because we have a lot of wine open, but oh. the Domaine Tampier, I have to tell you, I was unsurprised, but also kind of relieved because I was like, I love her so much already. If she doesn't love the Tampier Rosé, like, I don't think that we can be friends. Yeah. She loved it. She loved it. She did. <laughs> she loved both of the wines. I know that was sort of a litmus <laughs> test. I love this wine so much. I, I truly, anytime I'm out and I see it on the list, I'll even ask like, Hey, do you have any hiding in the back? Cause oftentimes this is a wine that people won't put out on the floor. They won't put it on the list. So it'll be sort of hidden. This is the benchmark. It is the standard bearer to your point. And then the, the red was Gorgeous. This is going absolutely nowhere. So I'll be drinking the rosé first because that that bendel red is stunning. And I think it's only going to improve. It is. Absolutely. Even just being open right now. I think she hit the nail on the head with, with that Barolo reference. I think there is something a little Italian about this wine where, you know, you leave it open, you leave it on the counter for like a couple of hours, even like, you know, a day or two. And I think you come back to it and it's like, it's in an even better place and possibly. It's elegant, but it's a little rustic at the same time, but has so much personality and really like tells you where it's from. I love that. And I have to say, I'm not a Prosecco person by nature, but I am on board with this Prosecco. I think as Proseccos go, Mm -hmm. my biggest issue with Prosecco is that it's just, you know, it doesn't really taste like very much. It just sometimes, you know, it's like a fun bubbly wine, that isn't often made with the same tender love and care that a lot of other bubbles are. And this actually is is really well made. It's got great character. Yeah. The bubbles are really fine. I mean, we're used to Prosecco's having a little bit more of those chunky, aggressive bubbles. And this is fine. It's silken. It's, you know, it's all the things that we love about a sparkling wine. So I'm I'm very impressed with this. Same. That's why I brought it in. It's it's just joyful. <laughs> it's a joyful wine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and speaking of of bringing things in, Vanessa, I know you've been hunting for new wines left and right. Where can people find these wines and the others that you've been hunting for as of late? You can find them at wineaccess.com. Um, if you want to engage with us on social media, we're at Wine Access on Instagram and the Wine Access Experience on Facebook. And as always, if you are enjoying this podcast, if this is something that you would look forward to, every other week as much as we do, we hope that you will take the time to subscribe, to rate, to leave us a review. It really, really helps us and helps to grow our wine-loving community. I have had such a great time on season one. I cannot wait to get started on season two, coming soon with all new talks, experiences, so much more. And thank you all so much for your support on season one. We'll see you soon. Wow. Cheers. Cheers.